Hey, welcome to the Infinity Bros Podcast. I'm your host, Max Mosier. Today, we talk about the Umbrella Academy, the Netflix TV series that has been sweeping the nation the last couple months. We're going to give our review of it. We then talk about X-Men Dark Phoenix, the newest movie that just came out. We give a complete spoiler review of it. Don't listen unless you've seen it. We finally top off the entire episode with our top five X-Men movies of all time and recap the entire series. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the Infinity Bros podcast. Hey, welcome to the Infinity Bros podcast, the only podcast that is perfectly balanced as all things should be. I'm your host, Max Mosier. We have three Infinity Bros here with us this week. We've got Mark Jones. What's up? Jarrett Curtis. Hello, friends. And Robbie Sauter. Hey, everyone. Hey, we are so glad you're here with us. We hope that you're having a wonderful weekend, and we are so grateful that you're making us part of your listening time. Wherever you're listening to us, however you're listening to us, thanks for catching up with us. You can catch us on iTunes, Google Music, Podbean, Spotify, all that jazz. Super glad you're here. We are a pop culture's uh, podcast. We talk about things that are going on in pop culture or things that are relevant to us, and uh, we hope you stick with us. And Guys, are, uh, I owe an apology today because last week, Robbie, I, I flamed you. I, I went I went hard at you last week for being late, and then I come in nine minutes late mm-hmm. for recording today. So, Robbie, mm-hmm. go ahead and throw it back at me. Have it. Okay, Zane. That's it. New Zane. New Zane just passing the Zane torch. It's all yours. So I'm holding the Zane torch till we get Zane back. Yes. But, but the irony is that we still don't have but, Zane but on the But when will Zane be back? That's a great question, Mark. I don't know when Zane's going to be back. I just don't know. He's really busy. He's He's got a platinum those video games. He's he's a super busy guy. We we, we all do not understand his lifestyle, okay? It's we really hard to, Robbie, when you're working three days a week. Right. It's just hard. I mean, working three days a week, 68-ish hours... Of video games, and then he's got to sleep and eat Taco Bell in the extra hours. Who, I mean, we're expecting a little too much of him. I think it takes a lot of time to to digest that Taco Bell. I think you're not giving him enough credit on that that part. Right. He he gets that extra like seven hours a week on the toilet because of the Taco Bell. So uh, it's a tough life. We don't know. We would know nothing about us, especially the one us with kids. We don't know. We would never understand the pressure no. he's on. Depression. No, 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 no. No, I, I don't think anybody here is claiming that. And, and believe me, Robbie, we have it easiest. I mean, with our kids, you know, put them in the room as long as you want. Come back whenever and you're fine, right? It's right. so easy. <laughs> yeah. So easy. Just, Having yeah. kids is easy. Mark, you're going to love it. You're going to do great at it. Jarrett, we, we still haven't heard from Jarrett because he's still dealing with his kids um, right now. So, Jarrett, how's James holding up? Um, James is fine. It's it's He locked me in a room. Uh, he throws food and water under the door. Um he told me I'm in timeout permanently, and I don't know if that was a threat or if he's just letting me know my condition now, but that's where we're at. What I like about James is he rules with an iron fist the way that Mark Jones would rule if he was your son. Mark, can you confirm? Th- that would be correct. Okay. Okay, good. I'm glad to hear that. Um, we've got some great topics to talk with you guys today about. One that's kind of older that we've we've all kind of put on our, I don't know, back. We, we were supposed to talk about it last week, and we, we just never got around to it. And we wanted to make sure it was on the forefront today. 
with the Umbrella Academy, a Netflix TV show that I believe all of us have watched. Mark, are you, you're the only one I'm not sure. Have you watched this, Mark? It's funny that this got brought up this week. I had myself and my fiance Kelly started watching it, and we have two episodes left. Wow. And Okay, so we, we've enjoyed it so, so far. So we will not spoil the ending, but we're going to talk in depth on this review. Jerry, you've seen it too, right? I know Robbie has. Correct, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I knew Rob, Robbie and I, we were talking about it months ago, and yes. this is something when we made this podcast. Who started? This is episode nine now. When we started, we're like, we have to talk about shows like Umbrella Academy because this show is phenomenal. Um, and if you haven't checked out Umbrella Academy yet, you can see this show on Netflix. Um, wonderful show. If you're into superheroes like we are, um, it is quite a treat. It has, uh, as as some people that I know very closely um, would call a star-studded cast. But unlike those Love. people... I would tell you that I know the names of the people on the cast. Mark, I do. I know their names. I'm not just going to say, hey, I don't know their names. Uh, we have Ellie. Oh, okay. Oh, that, that was a rip on Isaac. I see what you did there. Yeah. See, was that yeah. passive? Was that passive aggressive from last episode? It, it just felt aggressive. But, you know, not beneath us. It was just soaked in sarcasm. And we well, never let me just up take a it. quick turn here. Don't say that something is star-studded if you cannot remember the name of the actor. I'm just that's not gonna fly. <laughs> just give just, uh, you gotta at least give one name. <laughs> he couldn't even name. He couldn't. He could barely name Angelina Jolie. Yeah, I think I gave him that one. You you like toss that, and then I had to do Camille Nanjiani, and then the other two were like no namers. Right, people no one has ever heard of. And poor Isaac, he's like, it's so star-studded. Do you think he, like, pulled that out of his butt? Like, honestly, like, real quick, let's pause. Do you think he pulled that out of his butt? He asked Keanu Reeves in it. That's So that was enough for him. Star-studded. So anything with Keanu Reeves is star-studded. Is that what I'm hearing? Lawrence Fishburne? Yeah. Matrix? Yeah, I don't know. Keanu, he might, eh, whatever. Anyway, the star-studded cast of the Umbrella Academy. We have Ellen Page. And that's it. That's the only stars I know. I'm just kidding. Mary J. Blige. Um, we have, oh, there's one more that I wanted to get. I'm pulling in Isaac right now. I had it in front of me. And the Flash Yeah, the Flash I, kid. Got it. I had it on me, and then Mark got me all talking. Ezra oh, Miller. Aiden Gallagher. Aiden Gallagher. He plays number five. He plays number five. But let me give the synopsis real quick, and then we are going to go ahead and do our ratings and quick review of the show. Um, and then we'll play the bumper and we'll get her going right here. But the plot summary says this. On the same day in October 1989, 43 infants are inexplicably born to random, unconnected women who showed no signs of pregnancy the day before. Seven are adopted by Sir Reginald Hargreaves, a billionaire industrialist who creates the Umbrella Academy and prepares the children to save the world. But not everybody, not everything went according to plan. In their teenage years, the family fractured and team disbanded. Now the six surviving 30-something members reunite upon the news of Hargreaves passing. Luther, Diego, Allison, Claus, Vanya, and number five work together to solve a mystery surrounding their father's death. But the estranged family once again begins to come apart due to their divergent personalities and abilities, not to mention the imminent threat of a global apocalypse. Hey, if this is your first time listening to us, we want to make sure that you're familiar with our rating system as we talk about this and other shows and things like that. So we're going to put the rating bumper right here. Here on the Infinity Bros podcast, everything is ranked from a zero to six point scale. Zero meaning horrible and six meaning absolutely excellent. 
If all of the Infinity Bros rank something a 6, it gets an Infinity Snap. Okay. So, uh, Mark, we're going to start with you. Because you haven't completed all of the series yet, so I'm really interested to hear your perspective. Can you give us a rating and an idea of where you're starting from right here? And what are you loving and what are you not liking so far? I guess I'm enjoying it. It's not over the top for me, so I'd probably give it uh, 4.5 stones. Uh, what I'm really loving is just kind of the uniqueness of the whole story that's being told and um, kind of that, like, not. it doesn't seem at this point, because I'm I've two episodes left, it doesn't seem like anyone's too overpowered, but I'm guessing Ellen Page's character is going to be some, like, Xavier on steroids type of character at the end, and probably the reason why the world is supposed to have an apocalypse. Um, I could be totally wrong. Uh, some of the things I kind of, where I don't give it a higher rating, I just feel like, I don't know if it's just writing and filming or an editing. It just felt like some stuff, it's like, well, wait, why is that person there when you show it to something else? And then also, or one of the other things I like is, I don't know if they explain it down the road or go in a backstory to it. Like the, the monkey, like what's his name again? Or the ape? Pongo. Pongo. It just like. You just get introduced to him. It's like he's just there, and you're not. You're just supposed to accept it. And I thought that was pretty cool. It's like, yeah, this is just. This is who. This is the best part. Who it is? Just accept this. Yeah, there's a talking <laughs> monkey. Have at it. See you guys later. All right, this is Netflix yeah. Umbrella Academy, right? And no, I think that Mark, maybe that's I, fascinating. What we're, what oh, we're go going to. I would say that's. I think that's what maybe be like the bright future of Netflix with TV shows or comic book series like this, where they just. I mean, I haven't read the comic book, so I don't know if it's a, like straight adaptation from it. So like maybe they're doing a good job at that or they're just like, hey, go do this own thing. And we'll, we're going to put it on the platform and hopefully, you know, millions and millions of people watch it. Jarrett, you have read the comic book. Am I correct on that? Correct. So can you give us a little perspective on how you enjoyed this show from a rating perspective? We're going to spoil a couple things. Um, so actually real quick, I'm just going to go ahead and put the spoiler bumper right here. This is prepare yourself at infinity bros. Prepare yourself. Spoiler. Warning. Okay, Jarrett, um, will you just share some perspective with light spoilers? Don't, don't spoil the ending, obviously, but give us your perspective from the comic book side. Cause I don't, I, Robbie maybe has seen it, but I have not read it. Um, and would just love to hear that before you give your rating of the show. So, yeah, I actually, um, I, I did what I wouldn't recommend doing, which is I've read the comic before I watched the show. Um, and I wouldn't recommend if you haven't read the comic or seen the TV show, don't do it in that order. Um, I think the best way I can describe this is Umbrella Academy, the TV series is a nice, um, homage or tribute to the comics. A lot of the stuff does line up, but it's not a one-to-one ratio. Um, a lot more things are explained in the comics. A lot of the character decisions are very different. Um, for example, uh, what are the two assassins' names, the one that wear the masks? Um, Cha-Cha and Hazel. Cha-Cha and Hazel. Their, their character development in the TV series um, is is this whole story and you kind of follow their drama throughout um whereas in the comic books they're just sadistic killers and i almost like that better like how cold and separate they are um 
on the other side of the fence, you have um, Klaus's whole thing with the Vietnam War. Um, that's played out very differently in the comic books, and I, I like the way the TV show does that better. Um, so I think I think they're both very good in their own right. Um, I, I if I had to pick between the two, I would say I give the TV series a five stones, and I give the comic book a five and a half. Um, so yeah, I do like the comic book better. Um, I think they do more with it that you just can't really do with television. Um, now that's not to say that there's anything flawed with the TV series. I actually think it's really good. Um, so yeah, I, that's kind of the perspective coming in there. And like I said, a lot of this stuff is explained a little bit more in the comic books. They use different names in the comic books. Uh, for example, you guys all know Diego as Diego, but in the comic books, he's just called Kraken the whole time. And you kind of figure out from there, like who's who. Um, so yeah. Robbie, um, you and I are speaking more from the just seen this perspective, correct? You haven't read the comics? I have not read the comics. Okay, okay, good. I'm really excited to hear then. Tell me your thoughts on the show. Give me your rating and uh, go ahead and touch on maybe your favorite character too as uh, those two kind of went in different direction. Um, I really like the show. I mean, I think a lot of people are going to tie it into it. It's a lot like X-Men. You got a kind of that same plot going, I guess. Um, but I think the show does a really good job. And, and, and something we didn't touch on, if you also like My Chemical Romance, Jared Way, the lead singer for My Chemical Romance, is the he, he wrote the he helped write the comic book, and I believe he's a producer on the show. Um, so if you what's, like Jared Way, what's his Way, name again, Robbie? Gerard Way. Okay, I'll look G-E-R-A-R-D. that up. G e r a r d. Yeah, I'll look that up while you talk. <clears throat> um. Yeah, he would be. He, yeah, I mean, people know who he is. So if you like Gerard Way, there you go. He is a co-executive producer of the show. He is. Yeah, that's what I thought. Wow, yeah. great take, Robbie. Good job. Yeah, so there you go. I mean, there's there's a, there's a lot to love. I, I think this is kind of the more edgy version of X-Men and maybe even one of the better versions of this type of genre that we've been able to get. Would you say it's the Black Parade of X-Men TV shows? I'm assuming you said Black Parade. You cut out really bad there. <laughs> I'm assuming you said the Black Parade version. Yes, it would be the Black Parade version. <clears throat> a lot of browns, a lot of blacks um, shading in this in this series. Um, but it, it's really good. The story's really good. I love uh, delving into the characters. I couldn't decide on a favorite. Um, I, I liked when they went into it. I, I'm blinking on the names now um, because I watched it two months ago but the the ape type man that they they use the luther luther i really like his arc i like with the way they've gone with it and he's you know he's kind of i've always liked the guy who has was trying to be the leader but you know couldn't quite get everyone to listen to him and that's kind of where he's been um and i like his arc because then you start to see uh that you know, he's not just always this tough guy arc thing. He has this, you know, backstory that he's ashamed of or, or wants to fix. And, you know, he's dealing with changes just like everyone else in the show is. And, and he tries to avoid talking about those changes more than everyone else. But, yeah, the show's great. If I were to rate it right now after one season, I think I'd give it a let's 4.8 stones is where I'd put it right now. 
Yeah, I'll go ahead. I, this this show is fantastic. There's a reason we're reviewing this show today. And I, I think even a couple months later, after I've binge-watched it and had some time to really sit in this show and sit about specifically how this season ended, which I'm not going to get into for Mark's sake, but for also if you're listening, your sake, um, this is by far my most anticipated show of 2020 um, after this season. I cannot wait for season two. Um, I'm going to rate this as a 5.5 out of six. This is one of the, this is a really solid TV show. Um, And and yes, it has parallels to X-Men, but I I really like its fresh take. I mean, Jared, obviously I've never read the comics, but this felt really fresh and new. I really liked that. Um, I love Ellen Page in this show. I think Ellen Page is doing phenomenal things. Those last three episodes, Ellen Page is just absolutely owning that role. Um, she's phenomenal. I really, really like Allison Hargreaves. I think she's going to get overlooked a lot. Um, people are going to talk about Ellen Page. Um, they're going to talk about Klaus, who has a great arc here in fir- the first season, and number five, who really owns a lot of the exposition and a lot of kind of the storytelling and his time traveling and all that. But I just really want to explore, as a viewer of this show, I was really looking forward to give me more of Allison's powers. Let me see her flex this muscle. And in really learning her tension she has, um, as you watch the show, you'll you'll see there's a tension with her and her, not um, Umbrella Academy family, but her immediate family. And why there's that tension and how it ties into her powers, but also ties into things like her marriage. And I just loved that arc. I thought it was really cool. And it went a different direction than I thought it was going to go. Um, and there's some great twists and turns, as always, as every great TV show should have. But, man, I'll tell you what. Netflix hit an absolute home run with this. Season 2, I bet, is going to be an absolute killer. And if you are not watching Umbrella Academy and you are a superhero fan, in my opinion, you are missing out on some of the best creative new content out there right now. And as this these Marvel shows leave Netflix, I really hope Umbrella Academy owns a corner of the Netflix market because I will be coming back to watch this show in season two, ready to go the night that bad boy drops. Um, Jarrett, who is, who's the character that stuck out to you most in season one? Um, I would say Klaus for sure. I think I like his character art quite a bit. The the issue, and I, I probably would have agreed with you with Allison if it wasn't for the fact that I think the comic does her story a little better. Um, they they do things with her marriage and stuff that doesn't really come out in the TV show. Um, but I think they, the TV show does Klaus way better than the comic does. So for that reason, it, it would have to be him. And even with Ben, the other member who's, um, as you'll learn, I mean, it's you, were, you learned this early on, but he's passed away. How he even connects to all of it, I'm like, whoa, that's really cool how they connect them. Yeah, he has he has a lot more cameos in the TV show than he does in the comic. And I think the characterization that they do in there between him and Klaus is fantastic. So, Mark, real quick, I just want to hear what episode are you on? What happened last? And what are your predictions for the end of this season? Can you just tell me where you kind of spoiler alert? By the way, if, if you wanna if you wanna pause, go to the maybe fast forward a couple minutes so you miss this. Go ahead, Mark. Oh my gosh, the the last the last episode the last episode we watched um, was the episode. I think it's episode eight. It's the episode where um, 
at the end, everything you just watched goes back to the beginning, and I and I hate that in in shows and movies oh. where it's like you just you made me sit through forty minutes of all of this. You gave me a dance scene that made that meant nothing, and now we're at the beginning. We're starting over, and I felt like just a lot of that just connection and bonding you got with characters just meant nothing, and so that's where I'm at. And now I'm thinking they're gonna eventually have to figure out that um and it's episode where they uh number five blows up the uh the time travel business or whatever i forget what they call it and then they're gonna go stop the end of the world and i'm thinking they're gonna figure out that it's uh uh ellen page's character but i could be totally wrong that's just me theorizing yeah, that dance scene between Luther and Allison is that's probably top five moments in the whole show, wouldn't you agree, Robbie? All right, hot takes, yeah. <laughs> cool, great, awesome feedback. Thanks for that. Wait, you're wait, you're saying you're saying it's top five moment that means something maybe in the last two episodes because no. I felt watching it, I'm like, you could have done all this connecting without. No, I I think I think it really gave. It really gave backstory to where Luther and Allison were as characters before they kind of went their separate ways. And yes, did it happen? No. But to us, it happened. And it gave depth to these characters. That was a character development moment. And now we know really where those two are. I kind of liken that to um, Fitz and Simmons in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. How just they are meant to be together. Those two are meant to be together in that TV show. And the TV show finds unique, intentional ways to keep them separated from each other. And I think that's what this show is going to be trying to do. Are they going to do it for like five, six, seven, eight seasons like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has? No. But I think for that was the point of that. Um, I don't think we're spoiling anything about the ending of season one by saying that. It's just for me that dance scene is is one of the images I still think of, again, months later after finishing it. Um, how much I really enjoyed that that show. That was one of them. Jared, what do you think? I think I think there's a good running theme in the Umbrella Academy, which is what could have been, or like if things were slightly different, this is how much better the world could be. And that dance scene is that like we could have had this beautiful moment um, between these two, but instead things went awry, things got messed up. Uh, the the whole story with Luther is that like he was supposed to be the hero of this amazing team. Things were supposed to go right. And time after time, one little thing would get in the way and it would clog things up. And he was just trying to hold it all together. And that's a major theme in Umbrella Academy. And I think they do it so well. The other thing, the other theme I love is, is just the, and again, this is what makes every great show is flawed characters. Every single one of these characters is unbelievably flawed. Like un, almost unbearably flawed, and I, I really enjoy that, and I really enjoy how Klaus at the beginning of this season is like the biggest loser out of them, and and not to spoil it, but his arc is very for me for season one is a very fulfilling arc. Um, and Luther, I have the opposite thing, it's similar to you, Robbie. I I love that that kind of idea of the of the leader who wants to lead, who feels called to lead but cannot finish that leadership. And, and I just love that. And I am I cannot wait for season two. My anticipation is so high. Mark, I am so excited to hear what you think about this ending of this because this season finale was, was one of the best season finales I've seen in a long time. Well, that's good because I always 
uh, gives me joy when you're excited to hear my opinion. It doesn't happen often. So, it is what it is. Any last comments on Umbrella Academy? Go watch it. Go watch it. Yes, absolutely go watch it. Very positive reviews from the Infinity Bros. Um, I don't know what Isaac's rating is or Zane's rating, but who knows if Zane... Do you think Zane's watched it? I don't even think Zane's watched it. I think Zane has. has. Oh, Zane has watched it. That's right. Has... Oh, I mean, I mean, it's a comic TV show. Anything with TV is Zane actually good. has watched it. I talk, I take that back because he's one of the few people I talked about. Do you, has Isaac watched it, though? I think so. I think I remember that conversation. Yeah, we'll definitely have to get their reviews because this is so good. So, um, hey, we're going to enter into what's hot, what's snot. We talk about every week um, the things that we are uh, engaging in pop culture. Could be new, could be old, just like Umbrella Academy. And we bring them to you hoping to share uh, th- things we love and things we maybe want to tell you to avoid at all costs. So I'm going to start us off this week uh, because I have a couple bits of news and I'd love to hear your reaction. But more importantly, I'm going to give my non-spoiler review of Dark Phoenix, the newest X-Men movie by Fox. Let me give you guys the synopsis real quick as I pull her up on my phone. I wish you could just put up a poop emoji who who has all seen this movie mark you haven't seen it yet i I just saw it i saw it today okay so mark the day mark you and i can talk about it then jared and robbie i'm assuming you don't care if we spoil this for you no not at all it's it's the dark phoenix i mean it's not like it's gonna be that confusing (laughs) (laughs) boom goes the dynamite boom roasted i'll give the short one um, I'm going to give a spoiler review real quick here. Fast forward about 10 minutes here from this point because I think we're going to have a conversation about it. Um, and then just come on back with us. It will stay in what's hot, what's not. We'll talk about other news. But uh, give yourself about 10 Are minutes. Are we going to be spoilery? Point, okay? We'll also put the uh, we'll put um, timestamp in the show notes for you. The plot reads as this. Jean Grey begins to develop incredible powers that corrupt and turn her into a dark phoenix. Now the X-Men will have to decide if the life of a team member is worth more than all of the people living in the world. It is my what's hot, what's not. So I'm going to give my ranking real quick. And then, Mark, I'm just going to throw it back to you, and then we can maybe review this since I did. I thought I thought I was going to be the only one that saw it. So uh, we'll, it'll include this, but we'll we'll spend a good chunk of change on this. I told you on Monday I, was, I got tickets, so it's okay that you don't care sometimes. Go on. You did. You did. I love you, though. It's okay. Um, I'm going to give this rating a 2.1 out of 6. I'm going to barely give this above 2. Wow. Just very quick observations before Mark goes back, before Mark takes it. Jennifer Lawrence is checking out of this movie. 100% she checked out of this movie. Well, everyone's checking out of this movie. Amen. Praise be, Kevin Feige. Um, Jessica Chastain is a waste of space in this movie. I don't know why she did it. Um, Fastbender and, and McAvoy are trying. I, I think they're trying. I really do. The script did them no favors. Uh, and they sidelined Quicksilver. Yes. And yes. They sidelined yes. Quicksilver. That pissed me off and, the most. I'm sorry. Yeah. And, and no, Mark, you're good. We'll talk about it. Uh, they sidelined Quicksilver about start of second act. And it's like, you guys are idiots. It's like the end of the first act. Yeah, end of first act, start of second act. And and it's like, what on earth are you thinking? Why do you think we're here? What are the best scenes in the other ones? And um, we can go into more depth on this in a bit, but here's what I'll say, and I'll kind of close it out with one sentence. 
this is the X-Men 3 movie, the last stand we got, with a new cast in a different era. Mark, go. But worse. But worse, my dad. I'll argue that it's worse than X3. Oh, I don't know. I this is how, I, I'm going to give Dark Phoenix uh, a three out of six stones. You're a generous man, Mark. You're a generous here's, man. Here's my reason why. The, the thing that makes it a three, I felt personally that this was a great comic book adip, or comic book feeling movie. Like it felt like I was reading a comic book on the screen. Does that make sense to you guys? Like that's that's why I gave it a three. Like it felt very so. Much like so a comic you really book. liked the Ang Lee's Hulk. Mm, I think I'm talking about Dark Phoenix. Back up. Back I up. think I get what you're saying here, Mark. I just I honestly could not agree. I couldn't agree with you if I wanted, but I I understand what you're saying. Gotcha. But that that's that's my reason why I really gave it a three. But um, the reason why it's not higher, and it's pretty obvious. Um. Yeah, they don't have a. We get barely get Quicksilver. We get like a like a fifteen second thing in the beginning where he does his you know, his Quicksilvery stuff. We don't get like a like a long scene with, with like a cool song and he's doing stuff. Like that's what, that's what made the other movies like good. Like you could be like, well, the Quicksilver scene at this point was good, and that's why, that's why Days Days of Future Past I feel is so good in my book. We're gonna talk about that later. I mean, we will talk scene. about that later on the show with our top five. Um, x-men movies that's our top yes. five list today and then and then mystique dying it was like the the way she died it's just like you didn't you didn't build up to it it's just like bam it happened oh we're trying to make you feel sad like tony stark just died but it's like mm, you didn't do it at the end she didn't do she was trying to approach a friend and she the friend just kills her it's just like okay, okay yeah we're gonna break and then and hang on i got i, I gotta add th- this is the thing at what point does Phoenix or Jean Grey get blood on her shirt from Mystique? <laughs> right? Because yeah, she go, she goes. Yeah, she. she yeah, goes she goes to flying. Magneto, right. and Magneto was like, flying. "Whose blood is that?" And I'm thinking, like, who, who is whose blood is that? Because it's not Mystique's blood, <laughs> and it's supposed to be Mystique's blood. Because there's no point in the series that they show us on the movie. Where, you know what, Max? I know I gave it a three. But now, just thinking more about that, just that fact, and that was such a play. It's it's down to a two. It is now a dude, two this, out of six stones in my book. Dude, I'm giving this a two point. Let's break it down in a little chunks here, and then Robbie and Robbie and Jarrett, ask oh, us questions. I, ask us questions from things. somebody who hasn't seen it, and so we can help you answer. I don't want I got, to. I got, yeah, I got Jarrett, three more Jarrett, things. Ask questions down. if you can, or a few more things. Oh no, we'll, Mark. Um, we'll talk about everything. We'll talk about what, everything. What hold happened? on, hold on. Let me let me yeah. let me backtrack real quick because I want to talk about something you just said. Okay. Okay. Do you agree with me? And you guys can answer this question too, because this is this is a problem going into this movie. Mystique is so shoved down my throat in all of these stinking mm. movies that it's ridiculous. In no X Men comic is Mystique this good of a of a person ever. Is she this much of a hero? Yes, there are times where she flips sides. Absolutely, I get that. But because she's Jennifer Lawrence, I have to deal with you. Basically telling me she's the leader of the X-Men, which is how this movie starts, Mark. And I I, I can't take it seriously. And on top of it, you you nailed it, Mark. That death was the most, okay, she died. Whatever. Like, and, it, and it carried so much weight in the story down the line. But it meant nothing to the, the it walker. It meant I nothing think, to like. you and me. And it's... And I could say, I could argue the, you know, she's not, Mystique's not a, like a... 
a good person throughout most of the series in X-Men, but you could think of it, well, this is the story they're telling on the screen. So it's, you know, just like you go um, House of, like, any other series. Oh, what's her name? The Emma Frost. Like, she's usually a bad person, but there's been series where she's the leader yeah. of the school and the leader of the X-Men. So it's like, it happens. You know, they've done that with characters. And, and I could get behind that, but, like, even for them to force... And, and X-Men First Class, to me, is a five out of six, but it doesn't get a six out of six because Mystique's in it. That's the reason it doesn't get a six for me. And and I've 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 felt that way the all the way through. The only thing I even want to talk about with like those movies is that twice they have perfectly casted Magneto and Xavier in both these runs that they've done, and then they just waste. And on top them of it, I would like to take those two to the MCU. I would like to take McAvoy oh, yeah. and Fassbender oh, to the 100%. MCU. And I'd like them to spend the next twenty years doing that. They are perfect. They are. Well, that's why I thought was redeeming about Dark about Dark Phoenix was the McAvoy and Fassbender. And I'd also say Nicholas Holt as Beast. I thought he does a pretty good Beast. Couldn't, so like no, those three, no. Like, Nicholas Holt's like a terrible Beast. Well, anyways, that, that's my opinion. I'll give you the first two. And, that's fine. And, and I agree with you. It's like, they try, it seemed like they're the ones who really cared the most about this. Or Absolutely. at least are actors of high quality that like, I'm. It's I don't want to look bad in this movie. Like maybe that's their idea behind this. So yeah, and the other thing is this, and let, let's let's. So I think we both agree. Mike McAvoy and Fassbender are great. The scene that really is like unbelievably acted out of McAvoy is the scene. So there's a scene in this at the end of around this, probably the start of the third act, where Dark Phoenix is really doing her thing, right? And she's just creating chaos in New York City, and she pulls Xavier out of the chair and makes him walk up the stairs. And dude, that was the only reason that scene worked is McAvoy. That is the other. It's like silly. It looks silly. She looks like it looks like he's being pulled by a puppet string almost. But it works because of him, and it works because he is he is just such a great actor. And I totally believed the whole time because. And Robbie, you and Jared can probably pick up on this. Dark Phoenix is freaking out again because Charles Xavier puts stuff in her mind to erase things in her past because it was just so traumatic. No oh no! How wait? Oh, okay. Can I? I just just watching some reviews. I heard that the uh, quotation marks traumatic scene wasn't actually. It that was traumatic. traumatic. It, it can was you traumatic, confirm that? But but like she didn't have the full context. And if Charles, so so there's two problems with it. One. If Charles, if she could just really think think through this of like, oh, Charles really did care about me, or two, if Charles would have just said, hey, here's the deal, your dad didn't want you. He didn't want you. And then that's kind of the moment, when she realized that, that's when she kind of came back. But the point I'm making is, is that's the formula here. And I'm like, that is not good storytelling. That's lazy. We've seen that. We've been there. We've done that. And with McAvoy sitting there, who really is selling us on this broken man who really does... Because in, in this movie, Xavier really cares about the attention he's getting. He cares about all the attention he's getting from all of the press. The United States loves him. The world is cheering on them. They are like this universe's version of the Avengers almost. Like People have like mystique toys and stuff. It's it's actually... I, that was a part I really liked of the, of the movie. Yeah, it was a little. It, the ideas throw up, but the execution was pretty good. Actually, I liked that. But and and McAvoy played that so that, well. That's what I didn't like. They land on a military base. They land on a military base, and there's a ton of fans right there. 
that puts me off in a movie when you're yeah. landing in a military, yeah, that's, military that's base and there's right. a bunch of of civilians. That could be nitpicking, but you know, no, it's nitpicking. Be the first but you're time right. Someone's nitpicked. You're right. That's no, kind no of one. the antithesis and of also, the whole. Sorry, go ahead. Go no, go ahead, Jared. Go ahead. That's kind of the antithesis of Chris Claremont's whole vision of what it means to be a mutant, right? Like they're supposed to be seen as always the bad guy, always the oppressed minority. Um, he, he really does a good job of bringing in these um, political ideologies and influences, especially coming from you know uh, a time where, well, I guess l- history hasn't changed that much, but they are supposed to be an analogy for minorities or oppressed people groups. And so for me to hear that like people are screaming for them in the streets and they're just like the Avengers blows my mind because that's not at all what it means to be an X-Man. Now, now Jarrett, let's let's actually analyze the culture here today. That is what's happening today in our culture. These groups that were oppressed for years are being now celebrated on the grander scale. And sure, I think sure. in, in, in this movie, in, 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 and I think this is kind of like observe, observation of our culture, just like in this movie, when they do something that the culture naturally disagrees with, they're going to turn their backs. And I think that's what this movie was trying to say. I'm kind of picking at straws. Maybe I'm making up a, a more depth-filled observation of this movie than, than, than's really there. Or maybe I'm building off what you're saying. But the point I'm making is I agree with you, and that's why the X-Men are so fantastic. That's why people love them. That's why people come, keep coming back to them. And I think the idea was right. I'm just telling you, dude, the writing in this movie is so bad. This is the worst written X-Men movie of all time. I need need to piggyback on that. After seeing the trailer first and then the movie, how many, like who who at Fox is like, hey, I really love train sequences. How many do you think we can get into these X-Men movies? Think back. How many train sequences are there in X-Men movies? Too many. Mark, how, how, Mark, how here's is it an interesting, all these here's X-Men an interesting are thing, on trades? No, Mark, here's interesting. I'll, I'll put this in the show notes. Um, They had to do reshoots, and the big reshoots was that third act of the train scene. They were not going to have that third third train scene act, which is by far the best part in this whole movie. Sure, but I, at the same time, like, really another train? Like, how do you guys, how are you guys always on trades? How are you not avoiding trades? Jarrett, finish that thought up, and then we're going to talk about a couple more things, and then we'll kind of, and then we're going to get into the thoughts of all of the X Men series as a whole. Now that you guys know this information, so so two things. First, um, I don't know why this is the first thing that popped into my mind, but when you were talking about Xavier erasing the traumatic memory from Jean Grey's mind, instantly my mind went to uh, the episode in Rick and Morty where Morty experiences true level for the first time. Like, my mind just pictured that memory being erased. Lambs to the cosmic <laughs> slaughter! <laughs> so that's that's immediately what my mind went to. Um, and the second thing is, I it's so hard to me because you talk about these characters and these actors. Like, we all know J-Law is not a bad actress. Um, Sophie Turner, obviously I'm not a Game of Thrones guy, but you'd be hard-pressed to... St- to find somebody who doesn't know who she Jared, is. Let me tell you, which let, obviously me, let me means... cut in real quick. Sophie Turner did her absolute best acting in this movie she could do. This was not on her. I thought she did a wonderful job. And I'm this is where I'm stepping out. I'm stepping out. She did better that. than Famke Jansen, in my opinion, with this with this role. I think she really sold me on a broken woman who was searching for this. But again, and you're you're absolutely right, Jared. She is a phenomenal actress, and I saw it in this because I don't watch Game of Thrones. 
I saw it in this, but I'm telling you, dude, she did not have any help with that script. That's rough. That's hard to see. And the other thing is, <laughs> before we kind of get into the, the rest of the details, Mark, the <laughs> the Cyclops F word, was that the cheesiest F word of all time? Oh my, yes, <laughs> I, I heard that. I'm like, I was, what? You, you would say so that Magneto, to that So Magneto, so she she just You're came in. Gray just, just came in, destroyed everything because they did Genosha. Okay. Yeah, like they did like, like a starting. Yeah, they did that, which I thought, which yeah. that oh, was cool. Oh, wow. but like, yeah, exactly. It was like the first first couple of years of it. She comes in. She basically like makes she, she brings the U.S. there because she's crazy and they're trying to kill her and all this stuff. It, um, well, Ma- it, it's U.S. land given to them. That, Correct. That's a point in the. Magneto gets mad because he finds out that she killed Mystique. So they all kind of converge. X Men and him converge. And when they converge, you know, Charles and Xavier do their little, hello, old friend, game of chess conversation. <laughs> we haven't had that in 20 movies. Oh, well, here we go. Hey, don't spoil the ending. Don't Not spo- spoil the true ending. <laughs> I remember? said we're spoiling the crap out of this movie right now, Mark. I'll spoil the crap out of this movie. Robbie does not care. Did they, they literally did play, they play chess, chess at the, at the, end, end. At the end? That's so literally the end of the movie. Think yeah. yeah. The Lord. That's the yeah, only, Robbie, that's the totally only part I want to see. Script. Anyway, so <laughs> they come up, Magneto. Magneto. I don't know if that was – is that a shot or is that a compliment? I'm not even sure. That's a shot at Fox, not you. I'm saying anybody could have written it. That's all I'm saying. The point I'm making is is Magneto approaches them, and Magneto goes, the girl dies, Charles. You've seen it in the trailer. And then he goes, <laughs> the Cyclops goes, I'll effing kill you if you touch her. He said it like that. And, I, it was, and it's like Fox has had this great like pattern of like great F words, and oh that's gosh. where they throw it. <laughs> remember, okay, at the towards the end when she's like got to make the decision to like either destroy – um, Chastain's character right there or go up in space and kill her like right before that he's like when she notices that it's affecting the other X-Men and Cyclops is like ow like do you remember like how nonchalant he like was with his injury I was just, I, yeah his like movie, arm, oh, his like hand is disintegrating you know this movie gets worse and worse his, the more I think about it his hand is like but he, becoming yeah, so particles in the normally air reacting, he's like oh ow and he's like oops this hurts you're you're right. You're so, yeah, this, okay. A couple, couple more things. Mark the third act train sequence is fantastic, though. Oh yeah, yeah. That the aliens versus the X Men is great. Scared with? I was like, no wonder people hate this movie. You don't give me enough of the mutants using their powers, and then the train sequence. You're like, well, all right. Yeah. Because these writers think that they're being clever in their writing, and they think they're they think they're talking like Claremont, Jarrett. That's what they think they're doing. And they're not, and they're not clever, and they're annoying, and they're on the nose. But then we get to this third uh, train sequence that they had to put in in post-production. And, dude, when these X-Men all get released, and it's the Brotherhood and the X-Men working together finally, it is phenomenal. It is phenomenal. And these aliens are tough, man. It it is, honestly, this might be worth just renting or, like, seeing for free down the line. Fast forward to this scene. Dude, this scene is so good. It is awesome. Is it is it the Shi'ar or the Brood or any they, okay, aliens and we this know? Is another, that's so funny you say that. I believe it's the Shi'ar, but I'm not 100% sure. The, I think you're right. I, I think, think it's the right. Shi'ar, but, they, but again, they gave exposition on everything Jarrett but what the aliens are. 
That's so I funny. swear, I think the whole movie. They're like, yeah, the these whole things movie, happen. I'm having Let's everything spoon fed me, like I'm my six month old son, and then all of a sudden, oh yeah, by the way, there's aliens in this. <laughs> Well, where are they from? That's not important. Jessica Chastain wants to kill everybody. Yeah, we we can't we can't read their minds. It, it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. Jessica Chastain, you, who are you people? It doesn't matter. I'm a writer. I'm smarter than you. That's what they're saying to us. Um, Mark, what are your thoughts on the series as a whole? Um, before we get back to what's hot, what's not. Well, after after this movie, it made me think like, well, I thought because of Days of Future Past, like the first two X Men were supposed to be in the timeline, but after this one, I'm thinking like, wow, they're no. like. After ah, last not. movie, who, this is who a splintered timeline. You're absolutely right. That's so <laughs> funny you say that. And and that's what makes me think. It's like I think standalone, like like comic book feeling movie. It does well. It does feel like the dialogue would be in a comic book. But like like how it fits in the whole. I don't know. I just feel like this is a bad taste in my mouth for this series. Not as bad as Game and. Th- What's this is for all four of us. What is the legacy of X Men? Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. And uh, Xavier, the people who played Xavier. From from both Magneto. sets, yeah. Yeah, from both sets. Everything else you can basically throw away. Yeah, and I think Fox tried to tell us that Jennifer Lawrence is, is supposed to be amongst them, and she's not. No, she's not even close. She's she's horrible in this series. I, I give her a fan-fortastic the whole series. I, I don't know about the whole yeah. series. Definitely. whole series. Do. I will say the one thing... The one thing She's terrible in first class. I, in my I'm mind. with Max on this. Another redeeming quality about about Dark Phoenix is I felt like they were closer to what the characters should look like from comic book to screen. Because if you look back at it, I feel like this Mystique, even though we didn't get a lot of her, did look more like the Mystique you see in the comic book. Yeah, but but again, like in the look at least. Look at the end. Just just her appearance. Just that. But dude, Jennifer Lawrence is packing it in. You know that. You you acknowledge that. She did not care at all about well, this she movie. Said, she knew she was a she one said act wonder. She wasn't going to do this movie unless the, the How director long is that she they in have. The movie? She's in it for thirty it. minutes. Thirty minutes. It, if that, if that thirty minutes makes me more interested in going. Maybe maybe forty. Does it though? <laughs> a little bit. I mean, I get the I get the end. Another train yeah. scene, and I dude, get the uh, train scene. Magneto and Xavier playing Dude, chess again. So I mean, there's there's Robbie, some things. Robbie, that buy your train ticket, scene. Wait an hour, yeah, then go. Exactly. Dude, the train <laughs> scene. Magneto has this one part where he catches this guy's um hand in metal, twists it because he's an alien, so it doesn't really hurt him as much, and then bends it the opposite way and then sends him flying. And I said out loud in the theater, I said, "Oh my gosh!" <laughs> it was like awesome. it was horrible. I was like, I've never seen that in an X Men movie, and I'm wondering where that's been. I'm like, where has this been? Like, who who? Who's the guy that came in and made that choice? That's the guy I want running all of these X-Men movies. So crazy. Um, We're going to get into top five X-Men movies at the end, so we'll maybe talk more on the legacy of these movies as a whole. Do not go see this movie. That's what Mark and I are telling you. Don't go see it. No, I would say, end of the day, I'm an X-Men fan, and I was going to go to this movie no matter what. No Rotten Tomatoes will find me going to an X-Men movie. So I would okay, say if Mark, you love the X Men. Well, I don't need it. Rotten Tomatoes to tell them. I go on, go on five dollar Tuesday. Go to this movie. If, you have if you're else gonna, to do. are you go. sure? I can't hear you. It sounds like your uh, your mouth is full of Rotten Tomatoes. If you're gonna, if you are like, I gotta go see this movie. I'm an X Men fan. I'm Mark. I, I'm spoon fed the X Men every day. Um, then yeah, go on Tuesday and spend five dollars, or maybe convince your neighbor to pay for you. 
um, because this is not worth your time. And I feel bad for McAvoy. I feel bad for um, Fassbender. And I most I think of all the people I feel the most bad for, it's Sophie Turner, because I really do think she did a great job. And I'll tell you what, I walked out of the movie going, maybe I do need to give Game of Thrones a chance just because of her. Um, she did very well. She did very well. So we will go back to that. Finishing up my what's hot, what's hot, what's hot, what's not. Um, keeping on the X-Men news, New Mutants has another set of reshoots, guys. Wow. Why? Like, why are they reshooting this movie? Like, I don't get it. Just just put it out. Just wait for Disney Plus to put, come out and just put it right there. Is New Mutants a movie? It is. Yeah, it's a movie. Do you think in, in, is it is it Fox's last? Yes, movie? it's Fox's last X Men series for the X Men character. Oh but my yeah. gosh! Just stop it. But I don't think it's supposed to be connected at all. I think it was supposed to be just like a. Then what's the point? It was supposed to be a Dude, launch of new know. things. No, don't cancel it. I I'll see it. I'll see it on Disney Plus. If, yeah, that's we what get I think it. Yeah, yeah. Done. Yep, yep. Your mouth is full of X Men. We get it. We got it. We picked up on that. Yeah. You just anything X Men. You're all about Mark. You're such a cool guy. It must be nice. Yeah. Well, I can chew. I can chew up my X Men and swallow it with no problem. <laughs> Remember that. Moving on in what's snot. Um, I have to send a former apology to James Holtzauer because I think Robbie. I agree with you. I think I jinxed him. Because literally hours after we posted our podcast, he he was done. Um, literally, literally, hours. <laughs> literally like, hours. Um, literally the next day. No, no, we after posted. We, recorded we posted it. on Monday. Last <laughs> on Monday. The news came out. Yeah. So I'm I'm snotting myself on behalf of Robbie. You should apologize on this podcast. You should apologize. James, to I know you're out there listening. Um, I owe you an apology, and I'm sorry. And I hope you are not. Too, too sad in your $2.4 million worth of winning. Thank you for making Jeopardy relevant. I went and watched it today, and everybody had like 8,000, 1,000, and 2,000, and I immediately shut it off because I didn't care. Um, and I won't care about Jeopardy until there's another one of you. So thank you, James. Um, finally, I what's not J, uh, Zack Snyder's back in the news, guys. Zack Snyder made uh, this report comes out of uh, Z- S- Snyder Cut? Snyder Cut? No, Snyder Cut. No Snyder Cut, Mark. I know you were looking for it. Um, Dark Horizons uh, on Monday at uh, 9 a.m. Um, Snyder basically gave his endorsement of Pattinson being casted. Um, and I don't want Zack Snyder anywhere near don't touch it. <laughs> this production. And I'm just getting fed up, Robbie. And, and I was listening. Robbie, I listened to our last week's podcast while I was mowing the lawn today. And you just nailed it. And, like, I'm giving up on the DC universe. I just, like, cannot. And, and, and I'll get into what's hot in a sec because I do have DC universe stuff in my what's hot. And they continue to do this to me. How can you give up on them I, when you're such a Man of Steel fan, which is all about hope? That's my problem here. Are you, here. Give, you're are right. you giving up hope? I don't know, dude. I believe in Man of Steel so much. I believe in Man of Steel so much. But Batman versus Superman is so bad, in my opinion. That I just, it's, so I just don't want Zack Snyder anywhere near it. So for him to even say this, he he probably has no, like, bearing on the project. But I'm just like, stay away, Zack. Get away. Go. Just go. My hope in, my hope in DC and WB got worse this week. So, I mean, we'll get into that, into my, in my side. Yes, we'll talk but. about that. I know what you're saying. I know what you're going to say. 
could you imagine if Zack Snyder had the same control as Kevin Feige in the DCU? Like, do you think we get a good series of movies no. if one person is direct? It's like having a vision for this. No, we get we probably get some really cool looking movies with really dark scenes, and that's not what DC fans wow. want. They want quality content that's great storytelling. It doesn't matter the color of the screen; it matters the quality of the story and the quality of the characters. You you don't want you don't want brown scale. No. Wait wait, wait. you don't want the entire movie covered in brown no. scale. That, yeah, that's, I'm a psychopath. That's How ridiculous! Dare I? How dare I want? Zack Snyder somewhere is, is somewhere doing the the Pikachu face. <laughs> well, here's a great transition, Robbie. On my what's hot that Wonder Woman picture that was released by by Patty Jenkins this week. Oh man! I will include a link in the show notes. Oh man! Can not wait for that movie. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Thanks, Robbie. Really appreciate that. Awesome feedback. Mm-hmm. Love it. Um, the other... Well, it's a poster. What, what, what else well, do you want me to, to, to say? The poster is amazing. I'm, ex- excited. I'm excited about hey, the movie. Hey, it's hey, a, it's but good it's a poster. to know that Gal Gadot still looks like Wonder Woman. <laughs> yeah, it's like she can stand there in awesome new armor, the Golden Eagle armor, and look fantastic. I, I don't. Yeah. Know. So, Robbie, clarify this for me, because pe- some people are online like, oh, she looks like she's from Atlantis. I, I know there's a story behind her armor. What is it? It's just the golden eagle armor. I don't know the exact story behind it, but it's just a set of armor that she wears in certain comic books. Like she has a bunch of different armors. That's one of them. I I don't know where they're gonna go with it, but it's probably gonna be epic because Patty Jenkins, I think we know now, probably should have been the one leading the DC EU charge. Dude, I. She did. She yes, did a great dude, job with Wonder Woman. I tweeted I after the Christian Wig and Gal Gadot fight in that movie. Just remember that. Oh gosh, yeah, that's gonna be great when that happens. I, I tweeted after I walked out of Wonder Woman. I said, "Give Patty Jenkins Justice League. Give her Justice League. She she will." And and every time you see her in an interview or even just on her small uh, tweets on Twitter or whatever, she seems like she knows what she's talking about and she has an idea for everything. I feel like if she would have had creative control over everything, DC probably in a better would be in a better spot right now. But here we are. Jared, what do you think? I think, uh, obviously, like, I would just be echoing everything you said. I, I kind of like that it's got this whole vaporwave aesthetic uh, to the screenshot that they really, or the, the promo that they released. It feels very um, Ragnarok. And I think because they kind of go for that same aesthetic, um, I'm I'm super excited for this movie. The one thing I, I would like to kind of touch on, and this doesn't have to be controversial or anything, but like a lot of people see, you know, see all the colors and a lot of people instantly go to, you know, because of the, because of the month we have, it's pride month or whatever. A lot of people are going to that. Oh, they're just doing it to support pride. And it's like, no. They've been going with this, all these colors ever since we've known about Wonder Woman eighty four. Like it's been, it's been what they've been going with. Yes, it fits perfectly for the month we're in, and that's great, and people can love that too. But like, it's because of that's what the theme has been, and I'll I'll just point out that it's it's actually my phone background already. Immediately after that picture came out, I just put it as my phone background. Background. It's just it's such an awesome picture. So. Well, and in, in this case, what's the problem with it? If it's already the aesthetic of the of the film and the production, who cares? It's Pride Month anyway. It, it's not like a forced Pride Month where I'm getting a logo of something that has nothing to do with with uh, the rainbow colors of uh, and the, the Pride flag. 
I thought I think it's totally appropriate, and I think anybody who's dogging it is full crap. So, yeah, man, agree with that. And then Captain Marvel just came out on Blu-ray. Loving that, loving having it. Um, give me more Goose the Flurkin in my life. Uh, anything with that. Buy this Blu-ray. I did my best. Yeah, Mark, you gave me a Flurkin pop, pop the other day. I really appreciate that, man. It looks sweet. Well, I hid it in your house, and you found it a week later. Dude, I'm like never in my basement because my basement's so chilly now because we we run the AC, so it's like 57 degrees in my basement now. Did you know that? that sounds perfect. It, it, it feels amazing, but I'm just never there because I have to. Take I'm just care of waiting for Mark to chilly. put a Funko Pop in my basement. I don't have a. I don't have Same a. Same Goose flurkin. Damn man, that's my list. We just spent half an hour on my what's yeah, was, up, what's not. That so might have been the longest hot snot list. Well, I didn't. I didn't realize how long X-Men was going to go. I would have just made that a second, a separate segment altogether. Mark, what's your hot? What's not? I'm going to start with my snot because my number one hot I really want to talk about. And I'm kind of happy none of you guys brought it up last last week. Um, so my first what's not, and I'm sure um, I don't want to steal Robbie's thunder because I'm sure it's on his, is the canceling of uh, Swamp Thing by the WB. And I'm, I'll let you go into more probably on that side of how good it is but my thought is like why is the why are they doing this like why all of a sudden just like hey we're not even giving this a shot because what happens when the fans are like hey this is actually really good why why are you canceling it which then goes to my thought is maybe the wb is planning their own streaming service they're like hey we want to kind of cut down all the content here so let's uh let's cancel everything on the dc app and when it that's all run its course, we can move everything to the WB app to compete with Disney. That's my thought on that. Um, my number two snot uh, going into sports again, but I thought it was relevant because it's happening, is uh, the Warriors, Golden State Warriors investor, Mark Stevens, pushing Kyle Lowry in, what, game three? Yeah, what a I, loser. Game two? What a loser. Yeah, like, I, I never understand why, if, like, if you're not, if you're not a player or even a coach... Why you'd put hands on a player in the league that you like either work for or invest in? Like, like I don't think it should. Like the NBA gave him like a one year ban but, and like he had to pay five hundred thousand dollars. What they did first? What they? I didn't see what they did. Because so at they first do? they they went really lax on. It. They were like, oh, you can't come to the rest of the finals, and they fined him like fifty thousand dollars. And then the NBA was like, uh, that's not enough. Uh, yeah, we're yeah. doing more than that, dude. Because that was if if that's if that guy like, wasn't, I don't think that dude should ever step foot in an NBA yeah, arena. Yeah, ever if again. that guy wasn't an investor, there's no way he steps foot in an NBA arena ever again. Yeah, like if it was if it was a commoner, they would be banned for life. Totally. And then oh, and then my uh, going on to what's hot. I got four of them, and two of them are kind of or three of them are kind of quick. My number four, and I know Max is gonna hate it. I know you are. You can sense what's coming. John Moxley of AEW. Mark, you're going in and out. Can you say New Japan? Mark, can you? I, am I actually going no, in and out, or are you are you doing this to me on purpose? Uh, John Moxley of the of AEW. You were legitimately winning. going in and out, but I don't want you to repeat it because it has to do with AEW. So thank you. <laughs> All right, John Moxley of AEW winning the New Japan Pro Wrestling U.S. title, making him the first person to have had a title reign with both New Japan and the WWE for the U.S. title. And I'll leave it at that. That somebody else decided. Well, it wasn't earned. Robert Robert Smart will understand. That, that was, was pure gibberish. Uh, my number three, <laughs> my number three, which 
was kind of funny because at work it like kind of popped up because I was looking at uh Brad Pitt like the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I don't know if someone's mentioned that and that what's hot, but that could be that's like my one of mine. But um, but not today. But I saw this movie called uh, I can't I don't know if I'm butchering the name, but like Ad Astra or Ad Astra, and it's like a space movie with Brad Pitt. Yes, where he has to go to like the edge of the solar system to like figure out like what's happening and like maybe destroy the stuff. And when I went to the movie today, that was one of the trailers, and I thought, wow, how like what a coincidence. Yeah, that trailer. Looks, I think that trailer looks sweet, Mark. I saw that in, in when I went to Dark Phoenix last night too. And and I always have this feeling if it's a big production movie, and it has Brad Pitt in it, yeah, that's gonna it's gonna be a good movie. So that's that's one of my hots and my number two hot, and and it's been kind of the rage for the last week on Netflix is uh, the movie Always Be My Maybe, hilarious movie. I don't know if any of you have seen it, but it's a great rom com. Maybe one of the best rom-coms ever made. And it has a great scene. What's your rating? It has a, well, it's I would say it's a six out of six. And it's wow. got a star-turned cast. It's got Keanu Reeves and other people. So Wow, you named one person. I said star-studded <laughs> with Keanu Reeves. He named one person, it's man. Star-studded, Jared. They have a star-studded it's a, it's a cast. Story. Uh, Keanu Reeves is in it. They <laughs> have a star-studded cast. Uh, do you know who's on it? Uh, I do not know. I don't know if you love comedies and you love romantic movies, then this movie combined both of those things to give it has John Krasinski in it, doesn't it? No, that's a that's a joke for Max. (laughs) Mark, you're just a lesser being, Mark. That's all it is. Well, I'm not a lesser being, remember, because if I was a lesser being, I would have known that instantly. You would have got that joke, yep. All right. And then my number one hot, and I, I want to get your guys' thoughts on this. I think the news broke, or the kind of story broke last week. I don't remember exactly when. But Quentin Tarantino being attached to a Zorro Django movie blew my mind. And if you've heard anything about this, it's supposed to be like a Django meeting up with an older, remember that, older Zorro. And I'm thinking, oh, we got a Quentin movie. Bringing back Django, get Jamie Foxx. And an older Zorro, so we thinking like sixties. And I'm thinking, are you gonna give us Antonio yeah. Banderas as old Zorro? And I'm thinking, um, yes, please give me, yeah, give me is, all of it. This is a real movie. This is a real rumor, Mark. I'm looking at the article right now. And this looks I awesome. I want that. I mean, I loved that Zorro movie with Antonio Banderas, and I love Django and Shane. And if you're gonna tell me you're gonna give both of those characters, and Quentin Tarantino might be either producing or directing it. Shut up and take my money. Just take it all. Yeah, dude, I'm I'm in on that. That looks awesome. And that's that's everything for me. All right, let's go to Jared now. All right, uh, I'm gonna start out with my what's not because these are pretty heavy hitters. Um, the first one is I don't know if you guys saw this online, but Xbox partnered up with Axe Body Spray to make an Xbox Wait, is this yes. your hot or body snot? wash. <laughs> Do you think? <laughs> That's my, that's my Did snot. Did Zane tell like, you the story? <laughs> this is hot for Zane. <laughs> but like, I, I like, what are you doing with this? I, I mean, I get like, PlayStation had a huge promo where they were releasing uh, their, their shoe brand or whatever. PG, that was kind of cool. Paul George, those are sick. The, yeah, they're 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 dope as heck. So like, Xbox goes, yeah, we see you, we see you over there, Sony. Let's do Axe body spray 
Xbox. What do you think they're like, gonna smell what like? What are you doing, Microsoft? For, yeah, Jared, what's your what's your first idea? What do you think it's gonna smell like? Just it, Mountain Dew Doritos yes. in a dank basement. A dank, like when you say dank, like it smells of marijuana, <laughs> or like it smells like maybe you haven't. Yeah, I was more thinking. I was thinking like you're you've both been sitting in the same pair of underwear both. for four <laughs> yes. days. <laughs> Absolutely, and you've been eating nothing but Doritos, Mountain Dew, and hot pockets. Oh man, guys, we can't keep we can't keep coming after Zane like this on every episode. I'm not, but that that's what my thought. That's where my head goes to when I think of what would Xbox deodorant smell like. What if it oh, smells good? If rough. it smells good, would you buy uh, it? No, absolutely not. Yeah, nothing. Nothing screams. Please don't be married to me anymore. Like buying this soap. I, like I can't imagine the look my wife would give me if I just toss that in the car shaker. What would James say? Yeah, James. Yeah. What if it James was James's people. idea and he knows that it's gonna be a killer? Oh well, then you, I have to. I don't have what a choice. If you saw James make a heavy investment into that stuff. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't have a choice. Those are then. different circumstances. Let's calm down. Right. <laughs> um, my second, what's not, and I'm not, I'm not sure if this will be what's not or what's hot. Um, so. Destiny, which has been riddled with issues in the past. I'm talking about the video game here. Um, Destiny 2 just shook off the shackles of activation. Um, they're going... I, if this is true, they're going to go free to play. Activision is out the door. Um, and they're going to try to make it more approachable. Now, the reason I'm saying this is what's not is because this feels a little bit like... I don't know if you guys remember the game Evolve. It was like a asymmetrical hunting game. This feels like the death throes of Destiny to me. Um, I think it's good that they're getting rid of Activision, but it almost feels like uh, they might be too little too late and this is the game dying. And I love this game. I played the I played the heck out of the first one. I didn't invest in the second one as much because it just wasn't as fun to me. Um, so that's my second what's not, and I'll go on to my what's hot here. Max, you look like you have some I was to just going to say, Robbie and I played Destiny 1 so much, um, and Destiny 2 has been such a kind of i never picked up so, destiny i think 2. destiny one was the closest game i've gotten to to platinuming i i'd have to double check that zane, i love that game oh my good for you yeah Ooh, zane over here do you want do you want a real fans let me pass the, trophy can I pass the baton to him now there, there you go that's that's yours yeah. jared you now have the zane trophy <laughs> hey you can trade I'm that a, in i'm for a like greater five human pennies. being five schmeckles the return rate on Platinums is not good. I'm just imagining the fleeb. The fleeb. <laughs> Get your plumbus. Everybody has a plumbus. Everyone has a plumbus. Um, my what's hot is, first of all, VR. I have a PlayStation VR, and it is phenomenal. Uh, some of you guys know I worked in a lab for the Get Army. I worked in an Army gosh. research lab last year. And so I got to I got to work on some of the military's AR VR projects, and that is insane. The things that they're doing, um, but Minecraft. And if you would have asked me a week ago, I would have said AR is horrible. It's not the future. Uh, I think Pokemon Go showed us that like the technology is there, but we don't really know how to utilize it yet. And then Minecraft decided for some reason to jump in on this, and it looks insanely good. Um, and so I think the future of VR and AR right now looks really hot. Um, PSVR is at an all-time low. I think Oculus has dropped in price like crazy. 
Um, so that's really, really I think the one of the big things the right thing now. Turning people away because I'm not I'm not about to spend another you know three four hundred bucks so I can get all the VR equipment on top of my PS4. There's no way. We're in like probably three years. It's going to be less and even better. Right. Yeah, it's it's like two fifty right now. I think you can get it in certain places for some of the bundles, um, and and I think you guys are dead on it. It will get more approachable as time goes on. But um, I I enjoy my system. My wife got it for me for a present, and it is just insanely good. My next what's hot is actually a board game. We don't really talk. I don't think we have talked about a single board game on the podcast yet. But um, I am in love with this board game called Root. It's by Leader Games. Um, they just did their third Kickstarter, which announced the second expansion for the game. It is this asymmetrical, uh, like domination game with some political aspects, some, some war aspects, and it is wrapped in this cute little woodsland, uh, animal box. And it is, the art is incredible. The game design is incredible. Um, I, I cannot get enough of what leader games is putting out with this game. They made another game called vast which is similar to this. It's an asymmetrical dungeon crawler thing. It's not as good and it's significantly less approachable, but look up really Root cool. by Leader Games. It is a fantastic game. Jared, it's, it's insane. Jared, I'll awesome. include a link on Amazon to uh, check this game out. Um, I'm looking at it right now and it looks, so. it looks really, really cool. Yeah. You, you can get Root for $100 on Amazon. Or no, you can get it for $100. That looks like 50 bucks. It seems 50 to 60. That seems high to me. That might rate. be, yeah, that, that's probably for, for Root and Riverfolk, which is their second, their first expansion, sorry. Um, the third expansion is set to release, I believe, December of of this year. Um, 59 So yeah, that's You can get it for $49 awesome. and $4 in taxes in tax for free, with free shipping on Amazon if you go through a private seller. There you go. Come on. Um, my third what's hot, and I don't know if you guys ever played these games, but um, it's Baldur's Gate 3 being announced. I'm a huge Dungeons and Dragons nerd. I love it. Um, all the guys here on the podcast are actually in my D&D group. I DM for them. And Baldur's Gate was one of my favorite games growing up. I played a ton of that, a ton of uh, the Neverwinter series. And I'm excited to see that this is coming back in uh, this decade. And it's going to be amazing. So yeah, that's my what's hot, what's not. Cool. Robbie, close us out, man. Cool. I'm going to start with my what's hot because everyone knows what my snot is and might go into more depth on that. But my my what's hot, Funko, and and we haven't talked about it. I don't know if we've talked about it yet. Um, but Funko just um, released the first image of the Batman Begins uh, Jim Gordon with Batman on the rooftop with the bat signal, and the bat signal lights up. So that is a set I will one thousand percent be getting. It'll, yeah, they just they, they literally they just, just released, released the pictures for, it and you can pre-order it now. Um, Dude, that is sweet. I'm looking at it right now. He's holding the Joker card too. That would be a sweet nightlight for for your kids. 
<laughs> I have um just just a quick aside. I have a ton of Scotty Young um variant covers, and that's kind of what's going to go in the boys' room. And so to have Funkos in there as well, so that's where actually where sweet. I put a lot of uh, our Disney Funkos. I put them in my son's room. <clears throat> um, my next what's hot would have. Uh, Max already covered it, but the new Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman poster we already talked about. It. I don't need to go into it, dude. Sorry, I had to talk about no, it. No, that's no, that's fine. Um, one thing we haven't talked about on the show yet is Chernobyl on HBO. Yeah, I gotta watch this. Is I, I I'm two episodes in, and man, it's good. And and if you don't know yet, it's actually the highest rated show on HBO ever right now. Um, it it's the highest rated IMDb series yeah, ever. Yeah, so it's it's Ab- above Game of Thrones. It's a nine point seven. It's with the highest. Almost, this is the greatest IMDb rated thing ever on on IMDb. It's on, just a yeah. mini series. It's just you get the five best five episodes, and that's that's what it is. So it's you know it's going over all of what happened in Chernobyl. Um, it's not much more to go into it there, but yeah, check it out if you have HBO. This is this is the true story of Chernobyl. Yes, or, yeah. or based on the true story. And it's just okay. two episodes in, and it's so well done, and the the tension and Dude, the decisions that are crazy. that are made um, through the government there. Man, it, it it it's just so crazy to think about, it. and then like how they do the radiation effects, and it it's just really really good. So like, check it out. Like it's you can't not like it. If you don't like it, you're you know, one of the three percent in the world that don't like really, really good things. Yeah, what losers, Robbie? What'd you rate it? <laughs> um, two episodes in. I feel like we haven't even got to like the biggest tension parts, but because of the production value, um, and just the tension, even with people you don't even know. Gosh, I didn't even think about a rating yet, but right now I put it at like a five point two. Um, and then my last, uh, what's hot is it's national donut day. And, and I actually went out at six o'clock because I forgot it was national donut day. I bought a six pack, six pack of donuts and I've ate a donut every hour since then. So I'm on my sixth donut, which I will finish during this podcast. I just finished my fifth one actually. So happy national donut day, six, seven, 2019 for anyone listening to this in the future my what was that i was just gonna say i like that robbie can put away six donuts and still just look like a specimen of a human being <laughs> i know robbie's a beast what i don't i yeah I, it, it's it's affecting me i feel like crap right now but i really want to eat this last donut <laughs> um and then my what's not i will i will i'm first going to talk about one, just no DC at Hall H this year. That's kind of sad. It's always cool to see the trailers that come out of that and all the information we get from the Hall H stuff at Comic-Con for DC. Um, I think Marvel's going, right? Yes, they will definitely be going. So at least we have... At least we have okay, so at least we have Marvel to be happy about. Um, oh, sorry. Sorry, one more what's hot that I just added because it just happened. The Raptors are now up 3-1 on the Golden State Warriors. And that's fantastic. Okay, and then and then for my big what's not is w, the WB canceling Swamp Thing after one freaking episode. <sighs> Gosh. Like, 
Do they give do they give any sort of reasoning behind that or was it just they just announced hey we're not going to do this? And a lot of it had to do with how much the production cost was and I believe they taped in north north or south Carolina, I want to say. I, I don't remember I don't remember exactly, but a lot of it had to do with the taxations that were going on there and basically WB didn't see themselves making enough money to keep Swamp Thing going. So instead of like instead of giving everyone one season, letting everyone see it, which will you're still going to see the entire season, you know, the season that they cut two episodes short, which the, that's the information we got months ago. Um you're still going to see the entire is it three episodes? Gosh, I hate the WB. <laughs> you're still going to get all the episodes for the first season. So even if the show is amazing throughout and and one episode i haven't watched the second episode yet but the first episodes was really good characters worked really well together the effects are really really good and and like if you don't know anything about swamp thing it's it's a horror type show a little he looks bit. great too um he looks great it oh man have you watched it max I, I haven't, but I've seen okay, pictures of it, and he just looks great. I, at last, well, I'm still well, going to get the app. I just haven't well, got around to it. Not even, not even. Will it be too spooky for Max? Well, you clearly didn't listen last week. You didn't listen well, last That's a good question. I said I was going to watch it, so. No, no, I will not. There are two scenes that the effects are really, really good, and it's 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 spooky looking, but the scene itself isn't really spooky. It's just... It's just, oh, that. You're just looking at it, and you're just like, oh, okay. Um, yeah, the only the only thing I would say is weak on it is the actors, how they react to those situations, and then afterwards they're just like, oh, that was just a thing. Let's go to the bar. And you're just like, wait, that was just normal for you? Because that, that shouldn't be normal for you. Beyond that, the episode is really, really good. I would rate episode 1 4.3. So I, I think that's pretty high um, for just seeing one episode, and and that's also what makes me really sad that we're only going to see one season of this thing. And it's it's, I mean, I was when the news dropped, I was actually at the gym, and I was I was heated. I stopped my workout, and I was just mad. Like it, it, it's so stupid. Like I I said last week that I was just giving up on the WB and everything, but then like I I feel like. I finally watched an episode. Looks good. Doom Patrol's good. They kind of maybe have some things going. They got their next Batman. Maybe they're going in a good direction. And then they do this, and I'm just, I'm just mad again. And I just, ugh. And yeah, I don't, I don't know what else to go into it. And it's just, just makes me upset. <laughs> um, we're gonna transition into our top five here in a second. But guys, this news just broke. On comicbook.com, we're recording at 11.38 p.m. Central. This just broke that the X-Men animated series creators are trying to bring the show back from the 90s. Guys, what are your thoughts on that? Six out of six. Do it. Six out of six. Yeah, this is going to get an infinity snap. Six out of six. Six out of six for me. Um, This... uh, Houston, I'm trying to figure out Houston's first name because I was just quick skimming through the article real quick. But according to THR, this is this is uh, who gave comicbook.com the information. They're looking to lead off 
the the new season and series where they left off at the end of the of the last five seasons of the previous animated series. Um, they don't know if it would be made into the MCU, but it potentially could. Probably the same style, guys. That show was influential back mm-hmm. in the day. Yeah, it's it's up there with uh, Batman the animated series. I would think. I would say. I think most. It really was it, those two, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I Actually, think most people think about put it. those two up there. Is that the most recognizable uh, introduction song out of any cartoon? Uh, I mean, for I, me, I would least, agree with you, Jerry. I think the Batman animated series beats that out. That's a great question. I think bat, for me, it's Batman. But but I well, but I that's split down the yeah middle. that is a split. Too bad Zane's not here to to help us break that. Hey, um, let's get into the top five. D. We're going in three. Infinity Bros. Two. Top five. One. List. Starts now. So, so this week we have the top five X-Men movies of all time. For clarity, Robbie, you asked earlier today when we were prepping for the show, does Logan and Deadpool and those, those movies count? They will count in our... Um, in our rating, anything that Fox deemed an X-Men universe movie, we will deem worthy for this podcast in this segment. So, Mark, we're going to start with you. What are your top five X-Men movies of all time? All right. Um, my number five, uh, and I know you guys are probably going to laugh at me or be like, oh, that doesn't make sense. Deadpool 2 is my number five X-Men movie. Fight me on that. There's X-Men in it. X-Men movie. Dark Phoenix. Um, my number four is the first X-Men. Um, number three, X-Men 2. Uh, my number two is Logan. And then my number one most favorite X-Men movie is Days of Future Past. All right. Well, I think we're gonna I think we're gonna debate this as a group kind of as we go. So let's move on to Jarrett, and we'll kind of react to that. Then Jarrett, go ahead. Circle our way around. Um, man, it, it's hard because I wish I would have loved um, X Men Origins Wolverine if it wasn't a horrible movie. Um, no, no. Here, here, hear me out. Liv Schreiber as as Sabretooth is like I was that's the gosh, only I was reason say I'll that, ever that's my that honorable movie. mention as well cuz just because of Liv Schreiber that's the only reason you can throw away the rest of that movie except for obviously Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool before they turned him into whatever the monstrosity is at the end we don't that's talk about that not Deadpool oh my gosh but okay so <laughs> uh my top 5 number 5 is Days of Future Past um number 4 is first class number three is the second of the original brian singer x-men uh number two is deadpool the first one and number one for me had to be logan okay robbie go ahead honorable mentions i i i guess i didn't think that deadpool would count because they they never connected deadpool with the other um characters but i guess yeah they did they're in a room they we we see Valid them all point. in a room. You got me. You box in the a, house. I'm in, in a box ex- now. They open a door and they close it. So like, oh, we don't want to be associated with Deadpool. Can I get out of my box now? <laughs> you can. You can. You can lift the lid. It's okay. From there. Thank you. Um, <laughs> 
So so before that, I if I, first class would would get an honorable mention for me here, um, as as well as exactly what uh, Jared said, just because Lee Schreiber as Sabretooth is so good, like just him, so good. Also, Wolverine fights a helicopter. That's mean. That's <laughs> so stupid. Well, Whatever. He's on so a motorcycle stupid. and he fights a helicopter. It's fantastic. And he gets in the, do you remember in the bathroom when he's looking at his claws and they just look faker than they did in the first X-Men? They so do. You could have put on like Halloween costume Wolverine claws and they would have looked better. Oh, oh gosh. <clears throat> All right. <laughs> my number five. My number five is Deadpool 2. Um, my number four is the original X-Men. Um, I really, I always just really like the first movie of a, of a really good series. Like, if you ask me to watch Lord of the Rings, I'm going to start with The Fellowship of the Ring. I just always like starting at the beginning, and those are usually my favorites. Um, number three is Days of Future Past. Number two is the first Deadpool. And number one is Logan. I'll close this out. Um, number five for me, there are no honorable mentions on my list. I have a hard five. Um, number five is the first X-Men. Uh, number four is X2. The second, is it, was it called X2 or X-Men? It was, it was called X2. X2, okay. Um, number three. Well, I've seen both. It's it's X2 and X-Men. Well, it's X2 on the packaging. Oh, I've heard it both ways. I've heard it both ways. Um yeah, well, we get weird flex, but okay, man. I think, I think um, we all. Anyway, were. <laughs> number three, X Men First Class. This movie, I, I love X Men First Class. I defend that movie night and day. Um, but the other two are just so much better films that I couldn't put it there. Is it because of Kevin Bacon? Number two is Logan. Um, yeah, the great tribute to the end of um, what Hugh Jackman did. And number one for me, and it, and I think my viewing of Dark Phoenix really solidifies this at one for me is X Men: Days of Future Past, and we can kind of get into the dialogue here after I after I kind of say this is X Men: Days of Future Past. In my opinion, you should not watch an X Men movie made after Days of Future Past, except for Deadpool. Um, and that is the definitive ending in my mind. I'm ignoring everything else. That movie is so good. It was incredible. Hit me right in the jellies. And, and I don't know. Uh, and this is the debate, I think, with X-Men movies, which is why we have this as our top five list, is is Logan better? Is Deadpool better? Um, which I don't have Deadpool even on my top five, but a lot of people love Deadpool. Or is X-Men Days of Future Past better? And I just think Days of Future Past really does this wonderful job of carrying the excellence that was in um, X-Men First Class while also really working well with what made the original... I'd say first two X-Men really thrive. And I just, and after seeing Dark Phoenix, man, I mean, Mark, you talked about it. Like, Jean Grey died in that movie. And then Xavier goes, I'm not doing the school anymore. It's like, okay, so is this a splintered timeline? Because we were led to believe in Days of Future Past that this is how it would, this is how it's going to end. So now we're going to just learn what happened in between. I don't know. I just, I think Days of Future Past is just such a well done film. And, I'm really hoping Marvel can do something like that in the next 15, 20 years. But, guys, go ahead and t- share your thoughts. Can I just mention how sad it is that X-Men made a movie with Apocalypse as the main villain and none of us even mentioned it? 
Well, I, I would say it was on my honorable mentions, but I just feel like if I did, you guys yes. would hate me. Thank you. Thank you for not putting it there. And here's the thing. I didn't, I don't, I, I kind of, I actually kind of like those movies. Like, they're not great movies, but I can watch them, I guess is what I would say. But it's just like, you have this amazing villain that you could have used, and it's just, it's just not that great. It's just sad. It's so hard because, like, one of my all-time favorite X-Men, and, uh, like, the original um, Chris Claremont Uncanny X-Men runs, that's always my touchstone. Those are, like, my go-to comics from when I was a kid. And I love, I love the Apocalypse uh, series. I, I I love all of it. And Archangel is such a good character. And so if you were to tell me that I was going to see that in a movie, if you were to tell young baby Jarrett when I was a kid reading those comics for the first time, I would have lost my marbles. Like I honestly, I would have started foaming at the mouth, but that movie is so horribly bad. And like all the buildup that goes into making Apocalypse so great in the comic books is completely absent from the movies. On top of it too, Oscar Isaac gets kind of just like lost in the shuffle. Right. Yeah. Who's a great who's a great actor. That's another sad thing is that <laughs> these X-Men movies have gotten so such good actors for so many of these roles and they're just wasted. Yeah, I, I'm really for me, I think one thing that's really telling about our top five list is none of us are really fighting with each other. And I think there's a lack of passion in the X-Men franchise. And that's so sad because Jared, I agree with you. This X-Men is what, when I was four or five years old, there's, there's videos of me as a little kid walking around talking to imaginary X-Men because that show was just so influential to me. And then the comics down the line, and obviously the first X-Men movies and all that jazz came out. I just, it's such a bummer. It's just such a bummer that they dropped the ball so bad. Multiple and times. I, and, and I do think it contributed to Fox having to be sold. I think those blunders for decades caused them to have to sell their whole company. <laughs> I really do think that. And it's incredible how this happened. They don't, they don't have to sell their company. They didn't have to sell it. They decided that they didn't want to be in that business. No, I, I agree. I just think their failures attributed to that decision i don't think it's like the whole decision they made i'm saying i think it was a part of it you know we really sucked at these last x-men movies let's For get like out. literally decades i know we have a ton of other stuff but like yeah, i'm done with yeah, it Yeah, i think i'm with mark on this because i i'm pretty sure they made all their money back on all those movies so i don't think they're that hurt by it because logan and deadpool made tons of money i think my rebuttal to that would be though if they were going to make if, if they were really going to maximize on that product, if they were going to maximize on that IP, then they would have kept doing it. But they couldn't do it. They didn't know how to do it. And we've, we've alluded just, to it. There's no Kevin That's part Feige. of Fox, though. Like, Fox is such a giant company. Like, I, that's that's why I disagree. If Fox is so huge and so spread out. Like, yeah, these movies didn't make them a bunch of money, but, like, they still made their money back. They definitely weren't hurting. No, no, no. I, I agree it's a big bigger company than these these X-Men movies. I'm just saying, I think this was a part of it. I really do, guys. I, I think over I think just continually making bad products and not maximizing while like you know, MCU just started up and they, they felt the pressure. And then DC started up and DC was applying pressure, I think, too, even though they weren't succeeding either. I, I just think it's part of it. But I, I I getting to the point of all of it is I get really frustrated thinking that I don't have nearly as much passion about this franchise as I should. 
And after Days of Future Past, I was like, here we go. They got it figured out. They're good to go. And then they never did. I think what DC or Marvel needs to do is cast whoever Fox has as their casting director. Just go pay that person as much money as you can. Well, maybe DC, but not Marvel. But yeah, I get what you're saying. I mean, yeah, they, yeah. I mean, they they've gotten great people. Fox is just throwing money at them. Jared, what do you think about all this? I think it's hard because um, some of the biggest events in comic book history, and some of my favorite events are um, X Men related. You know, you have House of M, you have uh, Messiah Complex, which is, in one of my, my opinion, one of the best. Um, you have Dark Phoenix, which has been done horribly twice. Uh, I, I mean, like. These are such well-written runs. Um, even like, uh, you know, the whole the whole thing with um, Colonel Striker. What was that series? Um, not Reverend Striker in the comic books, but Colonel Striker in the like. There's so many things you could have done with the X Men, um, and, and at a time where Marvel hype was at its absolute highest, if you just paid respect where respect was due. And like, obviously, if you look at the MCU formula, they don't follow the comics verbatim i think nobody can actually make that argument but they paid enough respect that i mean we had uh batrick the leaper you know what i mean like and and i think there was so much that they could have done like why didn't anyone phone up chris claremont and be like hey can you consult us on this um just such a missed opportunity from one of the best comic series of all time that still is probably i think it's still uh marvel comics number one selling franchise it's is a X-Men. great question i am not 100 percent sure on that find that article for me jared i'll put it on on our show notes yeah for sure yeah. um any last comments about x-men before we move to our last segment how how wait no how don't you how don't you have deadpool in your top five you talking to me yeah like like i've i've been a big proponent that deadpool is not as good as people say it is and maybe that's the first time everyone I've said it else the show, would disagree. But in, everyone else would disagree with you, and that's fine. <laughs> that's totally fine. I don't think, and that's I know I'm in the minority. I'll be part of the three percent of Chernobyl here. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, here's what I'll say. And when I look at my list, it's not better than it. It's not better than the five that I put here. I'll, I don't know if I, I'm pretty confident that I can fight four of these five. I think the one that maybe would be a little loose in arguments is the first X-Men. But I think I put the first X-Men there over Deadpool because of nostalgia. And I don't think Deadpool, to me, is as impactful of a movie as it is to other people. Um, and that's, again, just my bias. That's my, my – I don't have a huge – I mean, I like Deadpool, but I'm not nearly as obsessed as other people are about it. He's kind of a shtick to me. That might be blasphemy to some people to hear that. But uh, Zane somewhere is, <gasps> Zane, is, is spitting Zane's out his taco pool right now. Yeah, Zane, Zane's sprinting to my house. Well, he's w- leisurely walking to his car to come to my house. Um, he'll be uh, there in like... Yeah, he'll be here like in 45, 45 minutes. 45, 45 minutes or so. <laughs> but no, I, I mean, I put first X-Men on there because that's nostalgia. X2 is one of the stronger X-Men films. It's probably out of the original X-Men, the strongest. X... The X-Men first class. It's the best, yeah. That revitalized the series. McAvoy and Fassbender got to crush it. There's no way you can tell me it's better than Logan or Days of Future Past either. I mean, there's just no way. So I think that's my justification of it. You could fight me on number five, but even then it's like, okay, Deadpool's at five. Is, am I really serving that vi- that movie as much as you want me to? I, I don't know. It, it, it would probably be six or seven is what I'd say on my list. So I would just like to pick this up just because I looked it up as you were talking about, but uh, Jared is correct. 
X Men in the, in the modern era. I didn't. I couldn't find a article that uh, went back further than nineteen ninety. Um, for how many copies they sold, but since 1991, the X-Men line has sold 7.1 million copies. Wow. Um, X-Force is actually at number two with 5 million copies. Really? X-Force? X-Force, yeah. The the Avengers Avengers is, well, the Avengers is, I I guess this is a, this is a, this is, this is Marvel and a DC list. Um. Sure. But the Avengers don't even make the top ten. Well, remember, remember back in the like pre all of this Marvel Avengers hype, X Men was the ish. X Men, and there was a point in comic books where you would see Wolverine on either every cover of X, like different you know storylines of X Men, or in the stories where like event or even in the eighties, where eventually it was like oversaturation of Wolverine. Well, the nineties because he was such the, a hot character. The nineties the were so bad for oversaturation for comic books in general. Well, wasn't it Sony that said we don't want to buy anybody but Spider Man and the X Men? Everybody else is trash. Somebody, somebody, yeah. some executive well, during said that. the nineties that would have been true. So because yeah, so they would probably would have bought that in like 97, 98. Just for just for interest's sake, do you want me to go through this top ten just real quick? Yeah, real quick, hurry up, though. So number number three is Adventures of Superman, 4.2 million copies. Number four is Superman, 3 million copies. Number five is Spider-Man, 2.5 million. Um, number six is Action Comics, 1.8 million. Number seven is a separate Superman run with at 1.78. And then number eight is a separate Adventures of Superman run at 1.72 number nine is superman man of steel uh with 1.71 and number 10 number 10 as as you know this one th- this one surprised me does anyone want to take a guess at what number 10 is think think the 90s Matt fractions hawkeye spawn spawn Ooh, good call mark 1.7 million copies That's yeah awesome that's awesome well, and it doesn't doesn't make you just wish they'd make more Superman movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everyone talks like, oh, man no one, of steel. No one likes Superman. Like people like Superman. Where like the Marvel characters stand in the people who grew up in the '90s. You got Spider Man and the X Men, and it's then when you look at what they did for the MCU, they took a big risk doing those. Uh, you know, Iron Man, Thor, Captain America, where they weren't even in the top ten for you know sales of comic books that'll change over the years though now everybody's gonna start i think, I'm, more, I think I'm most surprised by one spawn and two zero batman nothing batman and and x-force and oh yeah and x-force you're, x-force you're just like, is the x-force is the one i'm like wait in the, what? Well, but in the 90s that that yeah. comic book run was yeah but i mean just like i would think it would just be x-men so, but the no, context the context had, makes sense to X-Force us. X-Force is where Deadpool com- comes from. Good point. De- Gosh, people you know, just love Deadpool their Deadpool, Campbell, man. They and, love uh, Deadpool. Cable. Yeah. I don't know. But it is what it is. So, any last comments? Cool. Well, we're... The X-Men are sad, but they're coming home to the MCU, Robbie. Kevin Feige will take care of them. I, I know he will. Um... 
We're going to do one last segment. We're going to do what we call our House of Mark segment. We're going to see if this one works. It probably won't, but we're going to still do it. doesn't matter. We're going to share um, just if, if each of us has a conspiracy theory, because Mark really likes his conspiracy theories, don't you, Mark? Well, I like conspiracy theories and then also broadening out and giving like, hey, this is what would work. And I believe this would work if this is a movie. Yeah. So, Mark, you, you and I both have a conspiracy theory. Robbie, do you or Jared have one? I didn't ask pre-show. No, I don't, but if I could have one, it would just be that Robert Pattinson is actually Batman Beyond, and Ben Affleck is old Bruce Wayne. There we go. Well, that that's an example of what a House of Mark conspiracy theory would be. It shouldn't be too long of a second. Mark, we're going to start with you. Or would you like me to go first so you can end it, Mark? No, I can want? go first because Robbie just, Robbie just teased it for me just a little bit the batman beyond yeah because i know i've said this on our stream in the past but i i want to bring this up because i think this is such a great idea and i feel like it should be done now and i have two i made two lists a batman beyond that's made in the next three years and a batman beyond list that's made 10 years or longer from now and i it's gonna be and here it is i think if you make a batman beyond movie right now you do you know return a Return of the Joker. Keep going, and, Mark. Don't read that. I'm just talking to Rob. I'm sorry. I was like, what's going on? Um, you get Terry McGinnis. I think a good Terry McGinnis would be Nicholas Holt. And then you bring Batman. And this is, this is, I think, Michael Keaton. Bringing that Batman back, like, same universe, just done differently. Bring back old Michael Keaton as Batman. I think would be great. And then I think the killer of them all. And I think this is what we need before before he passes. Mark Hamill, live action Joker. I think that Dude, would an old below an old one too. Yeah, yeah, dude, and and, and just doing give his us, Joker voice from the animated series. Yeah, give and, us and, that and, scene. And in a cameo, Kevin Conroy as elderly Alfred. Yeah, man, and just give us that that old that scene of just where Terry walks in, and. Yeah, and Joker Joker has has used the laughing gas on him, and it's just so. Oh gosh, that scene was. And then the scene with with Robin, where he just basically like changes him into a mini Joker. Oh my gosh, dude, that movie was nuts. That movie was bananas. And we just made DC millions of dollars. <laughs> it's got everything they want, Robbie. Yeah, hire us. Let us write it. This is how we make DC ten or billions of dollars. In 10 years. Terry McGinnis, played by Tom Holland. Going going back nostalgia-wise, Batman, George Clooney. Because I think, I think George Clooney played the best Bruce Wayne. And I think you're going to get a lot of Bruce Wayne. That is a horrible take, Mark. Beyond. I do not agree with that take at all, dude. And then... <laughs> Good screw night, you guys. Mark. <laughs> then, no, screw you, Mark. <laughs> I'm going to give you my Joker and you're going to love it. You know what? You know what? Actually... Actually, bring back Val Kilmer well, as no, I'm not Alfred, too. Alfred. I think of that, one. that should be fun. But, uh, Joker? An older Joker? Javier Bardem as Joker. Ooh. 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 I like that. I like that a lot, Mark. Here's my uh, here's my theory. I, I, I talked with you guys a couple weeks ago about this, but I read a... This isn't... I'm going to not claim this theory, but I heard it, and I was just like, oh, man, we got to share this on the podcast. But I read this on Reddit that... and I believe this now this is like if I had to bet this is what I think the MCU is going to do 
I think that the X-Men have existed already in the MCU, and we as the viewers don't know about it because Wanda Maximoff erased them all already. I think House of M already happened. I think it already happened in the MCU, and I think Thanos doing the snap is going to bring them back in some way, or at the end of the Wanda series that they're doing, she's going to bring them back. No, 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 no. Here's what we do. Oh, man, dude. Dude, Feige okay, could we can crush do... this. He Hold could on. totally. Got... Hold on. You got me going. You got me going. So so, so post-snap, right, we get, um, because of the power of the snap, we yep. get Messiah Complex, and then Feed we me. get AVX. Well, and you, and you build it up, oh. right? So you, you make it obvious that this is Wanda's fault, and you let her live with that grief, right? And then you, you slowly get these mutants back in and all that stuff. But it's not revealed that this happened. Like, there's always this overarching X-Men storyline. Where did they go? Like, one day, everybody just all of a sudden remembered them, right? So it's like, how did this happen? Everybody blames Thanos, right? They're going to blame, or they'll blame, like, another overarching villain. Or the three snaps that happened in the universe. Yeah, but, but I'm saying, like, it would be a really awesome twist to have it be her fault. And for her and Pietro to basically be the only mutants that anybody knew about. And there you go. And that's how you bring them back. And that's how you create immediate tension with the X-Men and Avengers. Because you got to get how what's the quickest point to X-Men versus Avengers, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it, well, hold on real quick. And so I haven't seen Deadpool 2 yet. Is there a Hope Summers in Deadpool 2? Because I know obviously Cable's there. And I think it's loosely based off of... Yeah, is Hope Summers Cable's uh, I, okay. daughter or wife? I yeah. Kind of. Yeah. It's it's the first. She's the first mutant after M Day. They, they mention and they do the time her, hopping. Mean, okay. That's, it's basically Cable's whole reason for doing anything is her. Okay. I I want to see that in the MCU, and I think that's where we could get, like, slowly introduce her and then build up to. You could even get like a a good Phoenix saga with it coming for her. And, well, oh, yeah, and and I mean this oh. is. Do you, do you think no, that do you no. think Marvel will touch a Phoenix saga again? No, they don't need to. They have they have Avengers versus X Men. Oh, ten, 10 years. Yeah, I was gonna say that's like a that's like years. another 10, 15 year plan. Like, dude, they're gonna do House of M, and they're gonna do and they're gonna do. I, I bet they bring Apocalypse back. That's what I, that's the next thing I was gonna say. Like, you want a big bad Apocalypse would Apocalypse. be a great like everybody in the universe villain. Who would you rather have next, Galactus or Apocalypse? Apocalypse. To like restart it? To like restart it? Hmm. Right. I've always wondered how they would do that on screen to make that work. That would be tough. Right, and then you can silver surfer and everything man i really hope i really hope they get going for the next 30 40 years and we're just we have all these awesome awesome comic book comic books put onto film and it's gonna look so good well that's our house of m segment we hope you enjoy it hey we hope you enjoyed our podcast today um we we hope you enjoyed talking with us if you've got what is your top five list for x-men movies of all time share that with us on our facebook instagram twitter pages Maybe leave a five-star review and share that with us. We'd love to read that on the air. Um, You can check us out on Podbean, Google Music, um, iTunes, and Spotify. Um, And we'd love for you to just uh, make, make every week 
uh, make us a part of every single week that you're doing. Hey, Mark, thanks for your takes, man. You were awesome today. Thank, thank you. Okay, that was awkward. <laughs> Jarrett, uh, you were phenomenal as always. Thank you for your takes. Oh, thank you, sir. And Robbie, as always, thanks for bringing bad takes to the show. We really need those, and we're grateful we had yours. Glad to be here. <laughs> well, hey, you can check us out. As always, we love you guys 3,000. Have a great rest of your week and weekend. And congratulations to Prior Lake. Uh, class of 2019 was just at your graduation today. If you're listening from Prior Lake, hope you're having a great start of your summer. And we will see you guys next week. Have a good one, guys. Thanks for tuning in to the Infinity Bros Podcast. You can find the Infinity Bros on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Infinity Bros. Feel free to send listener feedback via email at infinitybrospodcast at gmail.com.